This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. If you ever watch somebody with a low poundage, like 40-something pound, 50-something pound bow, and they're shooting a 300 or a 340 spine arrow out of that bow, at some point during flight, you might look at that arrow and be like, man, that thing looks like it's almost flying sideways. Or it'll hit the target and it'll be in at an angle. You know, it could be any angle, but it, it won't be just straight directly in. It'll be in at an angle. That's an indication that one, either if they're shooting the right spine arrow, it means their bow is super out of tune and it needs a lot of help. If they are, if their bow's in tune, then it means that they're shooting an arrow that's too stiff. Oh, you got her, dude. She's down. Let's go. Dude, I just shot a deer of a lifetime. Freaking smoked him. Born with nature, and if you're a believer, born with God. Definitely gets your heart pumping. Boy, you are in trouble. Follow Obsession Podcast. Deer season is here. And we are back for another week of our Fall Obsession podcast, driven by Elite Archery. What's up, everybody? I am Sam with Fall Obsession, and I am on here with our media production manager once again, Nick Powell. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, Sam? Man, I feel like we're uh, this is like a regular thing again. We got you on here for a few weeks in a row. It's kind of cool. Yeah, so. I know. Te- <laughs> technology makes makes that uh, luxury a reality. For sure. Yeah, I know I'd love to be back in person and doing some video podcasts in person, but the the virtual feature allows us to at least come out with a new episode every week. So we're thankful for that. So For sure. We got to provide for our listeners. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the number one priority. And we wouldn't still be doing it if y'all weren't listening. So thanks for tuning in. Absolutely. But man, we got, so obviously whenever you and I are on here, it seems like it's par for the course that we're always talking more of a, uh, a laid back and casual kind of conversation. seems like, you know, less, less of the interview style that we have with guests and stuff, you know? Um, yeah. but this week we, we're going to talk about something that we've kind of hit here and there. We, we were talking before we start recording about it and that is 
mainly on the subject of bow tuning and setup because we've we've touched on it piece by piece in in different podcasts as it was relevant to bow hunting and stuff like that but we really haven't had an episode exclusively for it and this i think would be a great i mean you mentioned it yourself before we started it's a great time of year to to throw something like this out here maybe even a little bit late for some you know talking about tuning their bow and everything but still a good episode to bring out as both seasons kicking off either way so yeah absolutely we are what's today i know it's it's not going to be today when this podcast airs but uh i think when this podcast does air we will be two days into deer season yes. archery season here in texas so uh this is i think this is prime time for getting everything ready to go absolutely so we're recording on september 29th um Bow season in Texas opens October 2nd, so this upcoming Saturday, and I think that this uh, episode's slated for the 4th, I want to say. So we'll uh, we'll already have our, our opening weekend sets um, behind us at this point by the time y'all are listening to this, and hopefully maybe even some photos on our pages of some deer on the ground. If y'all go to our pages and don't see that, though, then that probably means that we uh, we didn't do so good. So <laughs> <laughs> Very good point. <laughs> but... Man, so I want I want to get into it and and dive into the to the topic of of archery and bow hunting and bow tuning um, real quick, just to kind of one plug some other episodes we've talked about this stuff on, but then also just to bring into perspective how long it's been, you know, since we since we talked more specifically about this kind of stuff. I think it was episode number six. This is episode eighty. <laughs> Episode Man. six, we talked about some bow hunting and some bow setup stuff. Um, it's a good episode too. Y'all should go listen to it. And then I know we talked about some stuff specific to the elite bows when we had Larry on in episode fourteen, but that was also specific to the the twenty twenty one lineup, or excuse me, the twenty twenty lineup that hadn't even mm-hmm. officially hit our hands yet. So that was uh, that was a little bit of a little spell ago. And then also episode seventeen, preparing for bow season which I believe is two bow seasons ago at this point. I want to say that sounds about right. That's, sounds sounds right. Yeah. So that, uh, that was another one that we kind of hit on some of this stuff, but again, first podcast specific to the topic. So, uh, I know, I know there's been a lot of delays with getting new gear in, in guys' hands and everything. And I know, like, like I mentioned, we're partnered with elite archery, and we were pretty pretty hopeful that we could have maybe the the 2021 elite lineup in our hands for this hunting season. But obviously, with uh, with COVID and what all's happened in the world here lately, you know, and factory issues, manufacturing issues, and then on top of that, more people bow hunting than ever before. So sales are up. With that, it's been a little bit harder to get uh, for some manufacturers to get equipment in in certain guys' hands. So. Um, with that being said, going into opening weekend of the 2021 bow season, what's your setup? So right now I'm running the Ritual 33 uh, with what I believe to be the original strings. I haven't changed the strings, and I know I'm pretty sure you didn't because you shot this no, bow no, when those, it first came out. Yeah, those are still original winner's choice strings. So And, man, they have held up amazingly. I can't uh, – I have nothing negative to say about them. I'm running, what are they, Trophy Hunter Arrows, I think, um, 350 spine, 
I'll probably be running some slick trick broadheads this year. Yeah. Uh, it'll be my first time running them. I've run Rage in the past, and so and they've been awesome. And so I'm looking forward to trying something new and expanding my horizon a little bit. Um, I've only heard good things about all the slick trick products, uh, so I'm looking forward to, to trying some of those out this year. Hopefully, to get a, a big old dandy buck on the ground. But oh, yeah. um, if not, at least we'll do some do some dope patrol and. You know what? We'll put some put some meat in the freezer. But um, I have a um, Scott Jaws uh, trigger release that uh, I got from a, a good buddy of ours, Andy Meeks, a pro staffer. Uh, he tried it out, said he didn't like it very much. So he, uh, I told him, "Hey, I uh, am looking to buy that. Actually, I'll buy it from you." And he uh, would generously let me. Let me have it. So, uh, shout out to Andy for that, and I, and I've been in love with it ever since I started using it. Um, Andy's one heck of a good dude. I'm telling you, can't say enough good things about Andy. <laughs> um, let's see, what else do I have here? I have a Tom or Copper John three Dead Ringer sight. It's a five pin sight, sighted in top pin at twenty, bottom pin at sixty, um, and it's right on the money for the most part. I'm not as comfortable out at the far ranges uh, as I'd like to be, but uh, I can hit a hit a two by two target at sixty. So, um, which I don't plan on on shooting anything this year past thirty or forty, and I'm comfortable at those ranges. So, yeah. um, other than that, everything else is pretty much pretty much straight up. Nothing nothing out of the ordinary. So what was your prep process going like, I mean, both seasons obviously here at this point. So leading up into now, what have you been doing to, to get ready? So I've really just been, I've been, uh, running arrows through it, uh, trying to get as much reps as I can. Um, I'm fortunate enough to live right on a green belt. And so I have some room out of my back, out, like off my back patio, uh, to shoot uh with and, and there's a creek behind that runs behind my house so nothing back there uh, is going to get injured there's no um fortunately there's no hazards or anything so i've basically just been getting reps in making sure it's dialed in and making sure that when i uh when the time comes i'll be ready i'll be ready to pull that trigger and send an arrow through two lungs heck yeah so I'll shoot, and, and I don't go crazy. I know a lot of guys will shoot like 100 arrows a day or something like that. I'll probably shoot about 30 at different ranges just to make sure I'll, I'm I'm dialed in, comfortable where I need to be. Um, I'll try and I, I've been I kind of tried something new, and I think we talked about this in one of those podcasts you you mentioned earlier. Um, I'll, I'll like run around the yard, and I look like a goober doing it but <laughs> i'll like run a couple laps around the yard get my heart rate up similar to a buck fever uh kind of feeling and then i'll take a shot uh i'll take a few shots breathing heavy i'll take a few shots sitting down i'll take a few shots kneeling just to be in those different situations to better prepare myself for any situation that might arise yeah. um and that's so that's kind of what i've been doing i haven't taken the taken the ritual to the bow shop or anything like that uh, last year it was it was uh, shooting phenomenally, and I hadn't touched it in a while. You know, I had a baby this year. Everybody, I'm sure, is aware. So 
Uh, I didn't touch it a whole lot through the through the summer, but um, here recently, probably a month or two ago, I started shooting again just to make sure, and, and nothing's changed. That thing still shoots phenomenally. It's right on the money. So heck yeah. I got two things I want to mention, but the first one going off of that off of that topic of it's still shooting good. I, you know, I, I'm super weary of of my bow and like if it's just if I paper tune it and if it's just a like a smidgen off, it, it's not good. It, it's got to be <laughs> it's got to be a perfect bullet hole going through paper and and I'll, I, I can talk a little bit more specifics to paper tuning here in a little bit, but. Um, that that's how I've always been. Like I'm um, I'm super picky about that kind of thing. So mm. th- this year, like I got on the range to start shooting, and I was shooting good. <clears throat> and I kept looking over at the paper tune rack, like that thing's gonna kill me if I go over there and this thing is just a smidgen off. It's gonna change everything, and then I'm gonna be all worried <laughs> that I just moved and messed everything up for deer season. I'm gonna get super paranoid. Like that's that's just how I am as from the tech side of things. Right. So finally, I mustered up the the courage inside of me to go over there and to shoot an arrow through the paper tuning rack. And lo and behold, perfect bullet hole. Like I examined every inch, every, you know, I say an inch, it's not that big, but every little bit of it, you know, and it, it was, right. it was good to go. So that's that, awesome. that gave me some confidence just in that, you know, my bow, I, I'm not rough. I wouldn't say I'm rough on my bow, but like, I'm, I'm not, like super gentle with it either you know i'm not trying to baby sure. it or anything like that and <clears throat> nothing had changed it was money and just ready to go so shout out to elite on that um yeah i was gonna I, say that really speaks to uh elites manufacturing because uh, i mean those bows are tough and and we take these bows out uh in the field and we gotta lay them on the ground they might fall over they might you know do all this stuff but they they hold strong for sure yeah and man on that topic too like the the whole thing with bows nowadays and the way technology is and and i've been listening to a lot of hunting and archery podcasts here lately and i don't want to be stealing anybody else's stuff but all but point being is a lot of these guys shoot different brands of bows you know across the industry and sure there's really not a a bad bow out there like the te- the technology obviously is better than it ever has been before. So whether you shoot a leader, you shoot a different brand. If the bow is right for you, that's what you want. I mean that that that's money at that point. And a yeah. lot and there's a lot of bows that you could probably pick it up out of the case just like I did and shoot it through paper and it still be shooting just like it was last year. So I'm not I'm not trying to to sell y'all on elite in that you know well this bow is is perfect coming out of this case after a year whereas you know your bow's not that's not what I'm saying at all or what I'm trying to say I know that every bow out there is is good at this point it just depends on what fits you as an archer is really what it yep. comes down to and what your preferences are elite obviously being ours so for sure and uh, I'll add on to that and say you know ultimately what we want as hunters to happen is. At the most ethical shot that you can put on an animal and if shooting another brand uh gives you is more comfortable for you giving you a more ethical shot then by all means shoot the other brand and i know larry in one of those podcasts that you mentioned previously they, he said that all they want to do is be in the conversation mm-hmm. so trying to lead out if it doesn't work it doesn't work that's not a big deal i know they appreciate you just trying it out so. Yeah, absolutely. 
So going back a little bit, you were talking about running around the running around the yard, getting that heart rate up. I listened yeah. to a podcast, and I'll tell y'all which podcast it is because it is a really good podcast. It's uh, I don't remember what number, but um, I, I listen to Working Class Bow Hunter a lot. You know, they drop a lot of a lot of good episodes and a lot of content out mm-hmm. there. And again, not trying to steal their stuff or anything, but they had Mark Drury on as a guest, and he was talking about. Um, I think the the topic of conversation is like the mental game behind you know hunting and bow hunting and stuff like that because there is a huge mental game and I'm not gonna I'm not necessarily gonna dive into that today. You guys can go listen to his podcast because I'm sure he explains it a lot better than me. But <laughs> he he talks about you know doing stuff like that, you know running around doing push ups, you know what whatever before in between shots before you shoot the bow. He goes. You can do all that stuff, but he goes, the problem is there is nothing you can do to practice adrenaline. That's a fact. And when he said that, I was like, man, that is a really good point. Like you can have your heart rate up, like you've been on a stalk or doing something like that, but you know, and, and at least that physical aspect of it, you can become, you know, familiar with and prepared for. But when it comes to having a 150, 160 inch deer walk out in front of you, there is no prepping for that. There is right. no prepping at all. I mean, I can't say any clearer than that, you know? I mean, it's just... Yeah, that's a that's a very valid point because, like, once that adrenaline hits, there's things that you have zero control over, uh-huh. like how much your hands are shaking, <laughs> yeah. how, much your knee, how much your knees are shaking, you know? The butterflies in your stomach, you can't... That's just stuff you can't control, and, and there's no... He said, I think that's perfectly said by, by Martin Jury. It's like you... There's no prepping for that at all (laughs) there's not at all and you know i mean yeah if if you hunt big deer every year i'm sure that that gets a little bit easier i'm sure that that gets the point where you are you know you have a 160 walk out and you're like yeah he's not as big as the 170s i shot the past few years you know i mean right just a little guy but um, (laughs) that would not be me by the way um me neither like this year honestly i'm i'm really i am really curious on how i'm going to react if i have a big deer walk out Man, because I, have, I, I haven't shot a whitetail buck in i think this year will be eight years mm-hmm. so it has been a long time since i shot a whitetail buck i've shot a pronghorn and plenty of does and pigs and stuff but man no, it's been, been longer than I've that been, for me yeah i've been in a huge drought when it comes to whitetail bucks so this is uh it's going to be interesting to see what happens this year mm-hmm. yeah i'm looking forward to it yeah me i can't too. wait man absolutely yeah, so um, kind of again circling back into the the archery side of everything, um, you talked about your setup and everything that you got going on. Um, so yeah, that, let's hear what you're running with this year. Yeah, so this year I'm running uh, the twenty. What is it? The twenty twenty cure. I was hoping to have a remedy. Um, hopefully, still have a remedy, or maybe even a twenty twenty two. Who knows? But we'll see. Um, but for now I'm running the cure. I'm not going to change my setup right before season. Obviously it's not, not smart thing to do, especially when the bow shooting good. So the cure, I'm running a CBE engage hybrid, a five pin slider, um, for my site on there. It's a dovetail site. And I can talk a little bit specifically about that site here in a second. I'll get through my setup. I'm running a, a QAD HDX drop away, which if you're not shooting a QAD rest, I mean, in my opinion, it, it, it's the only way to go. Um, you know, I mean, there's other entry-level rests, like the Whisker Biscuit I know is really popular for, like, kids or entry-level hunters who are shooting short distances. 
not that it's wrong, but <clears throat> it's not going to give you the kind of accuracy and precision if you are trying to be really serious about bow hunting. And a QAD drop, a QAD drop away is is 100% the way to go. Whether you're mm-hmm. whether you're a novice, whether you're experienced, or if you have your own hunting show. I mean, obviously a lot of a lot of big names in the industry use it, and it, it's for a reason. It works. Yeah, so. I have to agree. That's something that I failed to mention, but I I also use one and. Could not agree more. Yeah. Run, I got an elite quiver on my bow. Um, lightweight quiver. Love it a lot. Run the Easton Axis arrows. They're, that, uh, they're the 5 millimeter in diameter shafts. Um, my arrow weighs out, I think, at 435 grains is what, uh, is what it totals out at. So a little – I know some guys run a little bit heavier, more in that 500 neighborhood. So it's probably This is probably the heaviest arrow that I've ever shot. I've been shooting this arrow build for five years now, I think. Um, which, if I mean, I, I swear by Easton Axis, man. We're not, and by the way, we're not sponsored by an arrow company. So this is all I, I've spent my own money on these arrows over the years. But we, uh, Easton Axis, man, I, I love them. They they fly true. They fly great. They're they're super accurate. They're a good build. Um, and then on top of that, I've I, my number one arrow in my lineup is. I've killed four animals with it so far, and it's still going strong. So if you get a complete pass through, there's a good chance you're going to use that arrow again. So, and then last year was the first year I ran the fletching job I did on them, um, and I only killed one deer, so I don't have a whole lot to really say about it other than it's accurate. But I went, I moved away from the blaze, the two-inch blazer veins that traditionally come on any arrows that you buy, and I got a 2.75 uh, tack vein driver vein is what I'm running with uh, with a wrap, tech wrap on it as well. And so far, I've been pretty pleased with it. You really have to, again, I'm not sponsored by tech either. You really have to be pretty precise with your arrow fletching job. Like, it needs to be on point. But if it is, it's a strong build, and it's a very accurate arrow, especially at those longer distances. So I've been enjoying that. Stabilizer setup, I'm running a... 12 inch front bar and an 8 inch back bar and we have a video I did a video a while back and it's on our YouTube channel of stabilizer setups and why I run a back bar on my hunting setup so I'm not I'll just plug that video and maybe try to put a card here on the YouTube for you guys to be able to click on it and go see but um, I enjoy running the back bar because it counterbalances basically the weight from my side out front and the weight from my side um, off to the side and I won't get super technical with it other than you need to you need to have that balance because if you run a long front bar and a heavy sight, you've got a lot of weight out in front of your bow. And obviously your sight is mounted on one side of your bow, so that puts weight on that outside side of your bow. So you got to have something to counter that if you're running heavy weight like that. Um, and the whole concept of running heavy weight and is having a, uh, a stronger you know center of balance basically. And then it think, you can think of it kind of too like a shooting a heavier barreled rifle you know more for the that accuracy at long distance and i'm not a gun guy but that's just the closest thing i have to compare to to maybe explain to somebody who's not a bow guy you know so that video is out there you guys can go watch that if you want to maybe hear me talk about it in better words so i have a i have a question as a novice bow tuner um and i think a question that maybe our listeners could benefit from um when it comes to balancing is there 
any other way besides just shooting your bow and seeing if you if it's comfortable to see how balanced it is. So it, 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 pretty much that's what it is. It, it is shooting your bow because um, it is going to come down to the shooter and and what's comfortable for you. Bow's going to balance in your hand. You're going to torque it differently than I would, you know. So you obviously want to set it up for for you. Some guys just want a stabilizer on front and some guys who have been around for a while when stabilizers first came out it was more of a, a dampener if you will that guys would put on the front or at least just in, to just to offset the uh shot vibration yeah because i mean bows back in the day the older bows you know they had a lot of hand shock in there so whenever you'd shoot them you'd you'd feel it and a more flexible, more rubbery, if you will, stabilizer would help take dampen that and take some of that out to quiet it down a little bit. And weighted stabilizers, longer stabilizers, were really just a thing of the target archery, you know, side of everything. And it wasn't until later on that they started coming over to hunting, and it was like, okay, well, these things are not just used for dampening; these things are used for balance and weight. And balance and weight can also help with hand shock and stuff like that. And so that's just been an evolving thing that has happened over the years and over time. But yeah, you got to shoot it yourself. You got to figure it out yourself. If you feel like you need a longer front bar to help add some weight to that bow, then you can add that on there. But then before you just start rolling with a longer front bar like that, put a back bar on there coming off to the, the inside of the bow. Because that right there will help you, like I said, offset the weight out front and then the weight that's on the other side of your bow with your sight. You may not need it, but it also depends on how much weight you're running, and that's something to play around with too. Like, I'll I play around with the weights and you know how many ounces I have out front and out back, and you know shift stuff around to figure out where it is. The easiest way to tell is when you draw back, you settle in at full draw, anchor in, but you do it with your eyes closed. And when you open your eyes, you want to be able to see through your peep. You want your peep to be lined up with your sight, obviously. That's a big rule of bow setup. But then if you look at your sight bubble, you want to see that bubble level. And if that bubble is not level, and this is mainly if you're running a back bar, you know, coming off the inside of your bow. But if that bubble is not level, then maybe you need to bring your back bar, kick it out a little bit more, or bring it in a little bit more to, again, adjust the left to right so that that bow is straight up and down and not at an angle, if that makes sense. I know that's kind of a long answer, but... No, that's good. So anyway, that's my stabilizer setup. That's what I'm running. <coughs> I, too, am running the Slick Trick Broadheads. Um, I ran a, uh, a Viper Trick through a doe last year, and it absolutely ate her up, and I was pretty pleased with that. So that's probably going to be my front line. I got a couple of the standard the fixed blade ones in my quiver just in case I got a hog short range. One thing that I found, at least with my bow, when we started doing the broadhead testing with those slick tricks was those standards. Um, anything past 40, I would start to have a little bit of deviation to the right compared to my field points. Which, under 40, it, it wasn't an issue. It was only those longer range shots. So, with those longer range shots and it being a four blade broadhead and me shooting a three fletched arrow, uh, I'm probably going to run the mechanical primarily, unless I'm... Uh, Again, shooting a shorter range like a pig or something, then I might run a standard through it. But 
So also, while we're talking about setups and, and what I have, I mentioned earlier that CBE site, and I said a lot of words, and some guys might not know what it means, but the, the CBE Engaged Hybrid 5-Pin Slider. It's a long name for a site and the description of that site. But basically, it's a dovetail system, so you can adjust how far the actual housing is off of your riser based off of that and secure it down. Um, I, it's a five pin sight, so 20 through 60 are preset, they're side in, but then the slider aspect of that is the wheel on the side that allows me to adjust it um, so I have a floating pin basically. So that 60, that 60 yard pin that's at the bottom is my floating pin. So if I turn the wheel and adjust it, then that pin is going to move up and down and I can I have a tape on there where I can set it precisely for 70, 80, 90, 85, 87 yards, whatever I range it at, I can put put the dial specifically on that number and that's what that bottom pin is is ranged in and as far as the sighting in process for that you guys will have to buy the site and follow the instructions and all that I'm not at will might try to do a video on it but I'm there's no way I'm gonna be able to explain that on a podcast so yeah yeah and that's one thing <clears throat> that I'm gonna look at doing this year is getting a new site because I've kind of gone the cheap route, and when I bought this, when I bought my the bow I had before this one, I just used the site that came on it. And so, uh, I'm gonna I'm planning on getting a new site with some new stabilizers as well. And then, once I do, we can do a video on it and show our listeners what to do. Yeah, that'd be perfect. If you want to, we can, or I would like to, we can talk about arrow setups and just kind of dive into those a little bit more. Cause that's another thing that I, I would like to, it, it just, and this is just me personally that I would like to know a little bit more about. Cause yeah, if we could just dive into to arrow setups a little bit and just tell our listeners a little more details about if you're wanting to build your own arrow setups, what you can look for. Um, cause there, I know you can like dive way into them like oh, yeah. feathers, feathers versus, uh, normal veins. You could put inserts in them to make them heavier, the different, grain uh heads field heads uh broad heads you know a whole bunch of different different types of stuff so yeah i'm looking to build do an arrow build this year hopefully as well and so this will i'll hopefully learn something here as well uh <laughs> along with our listeners so yeah absolutely so i'll just let you start from <laughs> the front and go to the back or whichever way you want to go yeah no that, that that's good so uh, as far as so assuming we're talking about hunting uh, and and obviously we're hunting podcasts so we'll keep it around that area i won't get into target or anything like that so for hunting one big thing that guys think about what's with what's coming out of their bow is their their feet per second how fast is my bow shooting and then the other thing coupled with that that some guys care about some guys don't is kinetic energy and there's a formula i don't remember the formula off the top of my head there is a website, I think it's Gold Tip Arrows, actually has uh, like a, a formula on their website where you can put it in and doesn't matter the brand of arrow. You can put in like your arrow weight and how fast you're bow shooting and it'll tell you what your kinetic energy is. But kinetic energy is the other big thing that you have to think about as far as not only how fast is my arrow getting to the target, but how much force does it have when it gets there. Um, because you can you can 
come in and want i've had guys when i used to work at the bow shop they'd come in and they'd be like yeah man i want to i want a lightweight arrow i want to you know lightest thing i want to be lightning fast coming out of that bow you know and everything I'm like okay well what are you hunting because if you're hunting anything more than just deer it's probably not going to do you a whole lot of good getting the lightest arrow out there you know because you want yep. to have you want that arrow to have some punch when it hits hits its target i don't necessarily recommend for deer hunters men and women alike um going with the the lightest weight arrow you don't have to go super heavy like a full metal jacket or anything from easton or something like that if you don't want to but somewhere middle of the road there's no way to go wrong with that i know some great traditional hunting arrows that that i have set guys up with and seen guys run um gold tip and their and their lineup of hunting arrows they they have some great products i know drew our marketing manager is shooting gold tip this year and he's pretty happy with them so those are really good for you know those kind of middle of the road hunting hunting setups and they're and they're relatively affordable in the arrow world also easton makes some great ones like i said i'm shooting the axis which is that five millimeter shaft which is a little bit narrower diameter than your traditional arrow um, and what that does is it's just supposed to decrease some wind resistance that you might have and increase your accuracy a little bit more again at those longer ranges a little bit more precise is what it equates to easton also has the injection line which is a micro diameter shaft it's even smaller than the axis and if you really want to get technical and, and dive into that that's a whole nother that's a whole nother realm to be in right there the only thing is that one actually takes a different thread field point and insert because it's so small so you if if you go with an eastern injection series basically you're gonna have to buy new field points broadheads everything because of the thread size so fun fact on that uh an arrow that's kind of middle of the road i would say as far as weight that you're looking for um anywhere in that six seven eight uh grains per inch neighborhood um the six is a little bit more on that lighter side i'm pretty comfortable in that in that seven to eight neighborhood um, I do not run weighted inserts on the front of my arrows. I, I just have the standard inserts in there and the field points. And just with my draw length and what my arrow equates to, like I mentioned earlier, my arrow weighs 435 grains. So I've done the math. My bow, it shoots like 304 or something like that, 306. I, I don't remember precisely. But I do remember, um, golly, I wish I could remember now. I'm going to have to go check it now because that's going to bug me. But I wish uh, what my kinetic energy equates to is, uh, and again, I haven't run these numbers since I built my arrows. I've just been satisfied with it, and I've been running the same arrows for five years. Um, right. it, I, th I think it's like it's either 84 or 86 pounds per square inch of kinetic energy is what I'm putting out of that bow, which is plenty to kill anything in North America, elk, deer, hogs, you, you name it. So. As far as the fletchings and everything, some guys just, most uh, arrows come from the factory with those bla two inch blazer veins that we talked about earlier, um, which those are actually pretty good. And a lot of people just, whenever they have their arrows refletched re with either a different color or just need them done, you know, they just keep those on there. And I ran them for years until last year. The reason I went with the longer veins, the longer uh, drivers from TAC was again accuracy at longer distances was what i wanted and those are gonna give me a little bit more uh forgiveness when we start getting start really trying to reach out there and hit stuff far far away in a nutshell i know that 
it was a thing of the past, if you will, for to have longer veins like the two and a half, two and three quarter, three inch, four inch veins sometimes. But if you look at what TAC has and the reason that I went with them for a longer vein is their veins are a lot stiffer than your older, more flexible style, rubbery feeling, you know, veins of the past that you had on aluminum arrows back in the day. Um, the tack veins feel like more like a guitar pick almost is a good comparison for them, you know? Mm. And so they're a lot stiffer, which helps, helps them with flight. Again, if your arrow is fletched appropriately for your bow and I'll get into, uh, arrow spin and stuff here in a second, maybe if I want to, if we really want to go that far, but <laughs> the, uh, with those coming out, that gives them a little bit helps with the flight gives them a little bit more forgiveness and then also another thing that i heard a guy talk about one day was when they go through the animal they're not folding down they're staying up so they're cleaning stuff out as they're going through you get a complete pass through it's going to be pulling a bunch of blood and junk and stuff out with it on the backside to help open up that hole so the animal bleeds out more you know mm. so because that's what ultimately that's what you want is a complete pass through yeah complete complete pass through lungs heart all that good stuff absolutely so that's uh that's kind of what I'm running. Hundred grain field point uh, and broadhead is what I'm running. Some guys like to up it a little bit, get a little more weight out in front with a 125. I've just always grown up and traditionally have stuck to the hundred grain for hunting. So that's what I'm still running. But man, I, I would say go to your local shop if you're really looking for a new arrow setup and you're you're not too comfortable. Go to your local shop, see what they recommend. Tell them what you're hunting. Tell them what kind of bow you have and and see what they can put you into one th one thing i didn't talk about though and this is just general not you know getting super technical with a build but um your arrow spines and stuff because every arrow has a certain spine and spine refers to the <coughs> stiffness of that arrow the faster your bow shoots the stiffer an arrow you want because basically and, and i'm i'm showing nick with my hands here i know y'all can't see on the podcast but as that arrow flies through the air it's flexing it's fluctuating through the air we can't see it with the naked eye but that's what it's doing it's moving it's flexing so with a lower poundage bow you want that arrow to be looser so that it flexes more instead of the entire arrow just moving one direction or the other if you ever watch somebody with a low poundage, like 40-something pound, 50-something pound bow, and they're shooting a 300 or a 340 spine arrow out of that bow, at some point during flight, you might look at that arrow and be like, man, that thing looks like it's almost flying sideways. Or it'll hit the target and it'll be in at an angle. You know, it could be any angle, but it, it won't be just straight directly in. It'll be in at an angle. That's an indication that one, either if they're shooting the right spine arrow, it means their bow is super out of tune and it needs a lot of help. If they are, if their bow's in tune, then it means that they're shooting an arrow that's too stiff. So the 340 spine or 350, depending on the manufacturer, traditionally it's 340, but I think a couple manufacturers out there call it a 350, but it is more designed for those, that 70 pound range, like 68 to, to 73, 74 in that neighborhood you start getting seven can, like if you are intentionally getting a bow that is set up for 75 or more then you need to be looking at a 300 spine arrow but if you are in that 68 74 range a 340 is perfect if you are in that 55 to 65 ish 66 range then you can run a 400 so whenever you're shopping make sure that you check the spine that you make sure that you your draw weight 
is what you're going to. Now, some guys that we set up with a bow, you know, some guys have to build up. Their, they buy a 70-pound bow like Nick Latham did last year. You know, he got a 70-pound cure, but we dropped that thing down as low as we possibly could because he needed to build up that strength for shooting, you know. So yep. we set him up with 340 spine arrows because we wanted him to get to 70 pounds, and that was the end goal. But where we started him off was below 60 pounds. So technically, we're in that 400 range, but knowing where he was going soon, we went ahead and set him up with those 340s so that he didn't have to change arrows. That's not a wrong thing to do. But if you are gonna, if you know where your draw weight's gonna stay, 70 pounds, 65 pounds, 60 pounds, buy the arrows according to the spine, and don't let anybody tell you that that number on the arrow. This is this is something that guys always get confused that that 340 or 400 number is referring to the weight of the arrow. It has nothing to do with the weight of the arrow. I'll yeah. ask guys, how heavy is the arrow you're shooting? Oh, I shoot a 340. No, you don't shoot a 340, 340 grain arrow. You shoot a 340 spine arrow. It has nothing to do with your weight. Your weight, it, the manufacturer literally can't put that on there because you're going to cut that arrow down to your draw length. So it's going to change per person anyway. So Yeah, and I think that's an important uh an important differentiating factor because I'm also guilty of that. <laughs> I think it's a common. It's a. I feel like it's a common misconception to yeah. to new archers. Well, I mean, you you think about new archers and everything. I mean, if you don't know, you don't know. You know. Right. I mean, it's you. Somebody asks you how much your arrow weighs, and you're looking for a number somewhere. You're looking for mm-hmm. an answer, and you see a big 340 or 400 on the side. You're like, oh, well, that's what it weighs. You don't look at the little fine print underneath that that says this arrow is 6.6 grains per square per inch, you know, or something like that. So, right, awesome. I think that. Thank you. Pretty much summed it up there. I hope that helps you a little bit with your yeah, your arrow sure. building questions. And I know whenever the time comes, you and I'll both probably be out there at Cinnamon Creek getting it done. So yeah, for sure. We'll make sure that they don't screw you too bad. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> no, Cinnamon Creek's good. We love those guys down there. Big yeah, shout out for sure. Absolutely. Well, the last thing that I'll hit on, and I mean, obviously, if you got anything else, I'll talk real quick about paper tuning and just the importance of it. I know we've mentioned this briefly on the podcast before, but paper tuning, essentially what it does is it looks at the angle that that arrow is coming out of your bow and the tear in the paper is going to tell you which direction it's going. And depending on the bow and the manufacturer, it, it varies on how you can adjust it and get it back in tune. The big things during your setup that you want to do to give yourself the best shot starting out are making sure your center shot is on. So when you put your rest on, you want to line it up. You want to look, get behind the bow, and you want to line up the string, the arrow, and your cam track all all in line with each other um, to make sure that the arrow is square. And then you want to get your up and down. Uh, set up the other thing you want to do is with your knocking point you want to measure it because some guys will just put their rest on there they'll adjust the left and right and get the left and right set with their center shot but they won't adjust the up and down or even check it so their knocking point might not even be center of the bow so they put the arrow in there they knock it but it could be a half inch closer to the top cam than the bottom cam that rest needs to be dropped down if that makes sense so when you knock it, you have to measure. You measure from the top cam to the knocking point, and then from the knocking point to the bottom cam, and you make sure that wherever that, at, that is at, that the measurement's the same. 
and then you can tie your tie your D loop and tie your, your knocking points and everything. You can adjust your rest to get it level and then go from there. From there, you should be pretty close to a bullet hole. Um, for other manufacturers, you might have if you have a yoke system on your cables, you might have to put some twists in one of your yokes to get it to adjust. If you are running a Matthews, you might have to adjust your um, your top hats that you know basically place your cam off your limb in different places. Uh, if you're running a uh, an Elite, you don't have to do any of that. All you have to do is adjust that set technology, which is a really cool thing about Elite in that they have that. Um, technology on the riser of the bow where you can literally take an allen screw and adjust basically your limb pocket and therefore your cam cam angle and everything to be able to adjust for that right there without having to ever put it in a bow press so another reason why we love elite so anyway that's that's essentially it a video on bow tuning would be a lot better than that um, but those are just a few useful tips at least for setting it up initially um, if you're unfamiliar with it then I definitely recommend taking it to a shop if if you have a trusted shop near you um, or at, at minimum looking up some videos on YouTube and I know we got some videos on there as well um, from a little while back I think but we do have some bow tuning videos on there that you guys can check out too not just specific to the elites we have some specific we have some specific to the elites with uh, with that sec technology but we also have some that we did with the ritual which doesn't have the set technology um, is a regular tune on that bow and we did uh we did some videos on that from a couple years ago so all that's on our channel you guys can check it out if you actually need some visuals to go with some of this stuff so sweet strong work there sam i'm just fake it till you make it man <laughs> well uh talked about our setups and everything you got anything else that you want to hit no man i think we covered everything i'm i'm getting all tired of being, i'm getting tired of being so technical over here <laughs> Half of what I said is probably not even right, but... <laughs> nah, I doubt it. Don't let him fool you guys. He knows what he's talking about. No, I, like I said, you fake it till you make it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, well, we appreciate y'all tuning in. We'll probably start wrapping it up here. Um, we, Like I said at the beginning, it's bow season's here at this point. I'm super excited. Um, I'll give a little quick plug to some other content we have on our pages relevant to our hunting seasons this year. The last two podcasts that we had with, it was actually me and Nick, and then Drew was in on it too. It's a two-part, it was actually one big recording that we split into two parts, but um, we talked about basically all the hunting, cool hunting stuff we have coming up, and uh, the lease that we're on, Drew talked about his farm up in Minnesota, so really good. If you're looking for some tips on deer management, some of our scouting techniques and everything like that, I think that'd be really good. I really want to do a podcast at some point in the future over like aging deer and maybe when we're a little bit farther into the into the season because we have a lot of not only aging but also just um how to figure out what deer to shoot you know because we have a couple of bucks on the place one we talked about in the last two episodes i think since we recorded that is when that big deer started showing up on my dad's stand so he's got a really big eight point coming into his stand that y'all probably seen pictures of at this point but we have those two that are for sure shooters, but then we have all of these little eight and 10 points that are like that borderline between three and a half and four and a half years old, like that age range. But we have so many of them that it's like, some of these guys are probably going to have to go. So right. we're going to, we're going to have to, and I'm not turning this into that podcast, but we're going to have to make that determination on 
which one of these deer are we going to take off the place? And I think after we kind of figure all that out, we need to do another episode on that because that'd be a pretty cool topic. So. Yeah, that would be. But I'll just say, guys, those last two episodes, we talk about our place. We talk about hunting this year and everything we're doing. Go check them out. We also have a series on our YouTube channel. It's called Texas Dirt. And we are video, blogging, vlogging, whatever you want to call everything that we do out there. So um, we're turning into a little mini-series on our YouTube channel so you guys can actually go see our, some of our setups and some of the stuff that we're doing out there. And we give you all some sneak peeks of some trail cams out there too. So pretty pretty cool series. And then at the time y'all are listening to this, I'll probably still be in the woods. Um, at the time of recording, I'm leaving here in a couple days. So I'm excited and looking forward to it. First hunt. So Lucky. <laughs> hey, not my fault that uh, that you're having to work. Yeah, I know. I'll make it out there eventually. Yeah. Well, you got another big deer in Anna, too, that we talked about, again, last podcast. uh, That's true. That you got to chase, too. Opening weekend, I'll be out there if I can make it work. Heck, yeah. All right, guys. Well, I'll start sending us for home. We appreciate you all tuning in. If you haven't already, hit that follow and subscribe button on whatever podcast app you are listening on. We are on all major podcast platforms, as well as all the main social media platforms and our YouTube channel. Go check it out. Weekly new videos on there, anything from our mini series to product gear reviews, all sorts of good stuff. So go go check all that out. Um, fallobsession.com that's the hub that's where all of our content is you guys can check it out we got uh, videos pictures educational articles wild game recipes you name it we got it fallobsession.com slash podcast is the page that you guys can go to to send us feedback on our podcast if you guys have a topic suggestion a guest suggestion or just general feedback or comments you can send them to us from there we'd love to hear them and figure out how we can make this podcast better we come out with a new episode every week so another another reason why you guys should follow and subscribe so you get notified when we drop a new one um and if you guys can also i'm going to throw this out there um if you listen on apple podcasts go to the bottom or wherever it is on apple podcasts and leave us a review Give us the five stars or whatever you think we're worth, I guess. I encourage five stars, but if we're worth less, then I guess we're worth less. But leave us a review and write a few words about it on there and just let us know um, what you think. And that just helps us boost, again, those podcast numbers and uh, and make it easier for people to find our podcast in those algorithms and stuff. So And, and if we are worth less, guys, then that's where that... Uh little suggestion box on our website comes in go tell us why yeah let me rephrase that so if we are worth less than five stars just don't leave a review either go to our <laughs> website and tell us why we suck or just stop listening altogether yeah. that that's the and best then, way to go so and then we'll convince you we'll we'll fix whatever you think is wrong yeah and then we'll be worth five stars we can't then go leave we a can't review. we can't fix it if we don't know about it so you that's gotta, right you that's gotta, right you gotta tell us about it so <clears throat> All right, so that's all of our platforms, all of our cool stuff. Go check us out. We've already talked today about Elite Archery. Um, normally at this time I'd give them a little plug. We've already talked a lot about their bows and why we love them. So other than go check them out and shoot them at your local dealer, I'll leave it at that. Um, and then finally we have a, a new feature on our website. It's called our Pro Shop Finder. And we're working on putting together a list of vetted, trusted, approved archery pro shops across North America. It's a work in progress, but if you guys own run or frequent a uh legit top-notch archery pro shop go to fallobsession.com slash archery pro shop and tell us about them that way we can get in contact and get them involved in that program so and it 
on top of everything, it's free. It doesn't cost them anything, so it's worth it. All right, Nick, that's all I got, man. What else you got? Man, well, I think we've covered everything that we need to. Sweet. That we wanted to. That we wanted to, yeah. Well, I could talk about uh, arrow, spl- arrow spin and all sorts of other crazy stuff, but I think I'll leave that for another day. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we appreciate y'all tuning in, and we will be back with y'all again next week for another Fall Obsession podcast episode, hopefully with some big deer on the ground. We'll see. So we'll catch you then. Be sure you tune in. See you later. Cool.